The sports pan lives here on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you Thursday afternoon. Glad that you're along as always. High school football is back this evening. Season opener for several area teams and teams all across the great state of Michigan. Jake Durant, sports guy at Local 3, is in studio with me per usual. What's up, Jake? Man, busy, busy, busy. Uh, I wish I wish the weather was a little bit better. We got a little bit of rain weird. for the kickoff of the season. I hope it's not like actually raining. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it on the ground already. But, man, it's a pain to shoot football games in the rain. Yeah, I'll be in a booth. I'll be dry. Well, you're lucky. You i got to be on the field. i gotta be, I got to be right there in the action. <laughs> I tell you what, I can't wait for football to be back, and we're waiting just a couple more hours. By the way, if you missed our coaches show earlier today, you can hear it again at 5 once Jake and I sign off. You can hear that right here on ESPN-UP. we got a lot to get to here over the course of the next hour or so. We'll preview some high school football for this evening, plus college football. Mostly everybody's going to be back by tonight, including the defending national champions. The preseason final week kicks off this evening. Where is Jadavian Clowney going to end up? There seems to be a new favorite in the Clowney sweepstakes. Plus, there is a new unofficial nickname in the NFL that you need to hear, and the Basketball World Cup tips off this weekend. All that and more coming up over the course of the next hour, but let's start on the gridiron. We're going to Iron Mountain tonight, yeah? Yeah, so we have our... Uh Game of the week this week to kick off the season, we're going to go to Iron Mountain against Nagani. Um, you know, I, I don't know if, I don't think Marcus Johnson is going to be playing. All signs are pointing that he's still injured. He will be out for the foreseeable future. It would be better if he was under center, obviously, there, mm-hmm. there for Iron Mountain, a clear difference maker for that team. But we're still going to go there. You know, Nagani's returning a lot of talent. You know, they're one of those few teams that don't have too much turnover. Obviously, every team deals with turnover, but they're bringing back that, that youth uh, or not that youth, but that experience in those key positions, you know, coming into the last few years, they've been one of those teams that are just young underclassmen playing at, you know, whether it be Jason Waterman at, uh, under center or, um, you know, d- different guys in the skill positions. But they got Drew Duchesne coming back, who's who's been playing for three years, Jason Waterman playing for three years. They got that experience where you want it. So I think Nagani's going to have a really big year. I'm really high on Nagani entering the season. I think uh, Paul Jacobson has a really good unit there. So um, I think even without Marcus Johnson, Iron Mountain going to have a strong team. Obviously, Robin Marla always getting those guys um, ready to go. So I think this is a good good way to kick off the season. Um, you know, I, I said that on the Sports Zone last night. I, I do think Nagani will win tonight. That is my prediction. Um, you know, and and it's only because of Marcus Johnson not being there. I, I just think with Jason Waterman and that crew, I just think they're a little bit more talented. <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit more experienced, and I think they're on a mission this year. Think about that quarterback matchup, Marcus Johnson against Jason Waterman. And it was a really good game last year when they opened the season against each other. A three-point win for Iron Mountain, who was playing their best football at the end of last season. They ended the year hot, made the postseason. Nagani just missed out at 5-4, and four, but like you said, a really good group for them coming back. Plus, Iron Mountain was a junior-laden team last year. They have a really good senior class they're going to feature. Both these teams are going to be strong competitors in the Westpac this year. Right, right. And, and you know, that... That's the the thought going into it. That's why we wanted to obviously head there. Um, unfortunately, like I said, with with Johnson's injury, but you know you got experienced seniors playing against each other. Um, it's going to be wet. You know, it's going to be rainy. So the run game is going to be huge. Um, and I, I know Iron Mountain has a couple r- runners returning and and things like that. So. Um, I, I still think this is going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, there's, there's a lot of great games happening across the UP tonight. Um, so I'm just excited to, to kind of kick off the season and just kind of get this thing rolling. You've got Gwynn taking on Bark River Harris. I think will be a really good game. And then Westwood Houghton, it was a 42 nothing Patriot win last year. This one could be a barn burner from what I'm hearing. 
Uh, Houghton's got a six foot four, two hundred forty five pound fullback, just a monster running the ball, and he has he had a significantly better second half of last season than his first half. Man, a Westwood small this year. I'm not saying they're not talented, but they are small, and it's going to be a two hundred forty five pound junior fullback going up against a hundred fifty pound linebacker. They're good tacklers over at Westwood, so form tackling is going to be on display tonight. Yeah, and I'm not saying lunge at the knees, but, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Um, no, I do remember last season, we kicked off the season with that Westwood uh, Houghton game up at Michigan Tech at Sherman Field there, and, and, I mean, it wasn't even close. Obviously, Westwood, they had that senior class. You talk about, you know, Nathan Beckman, Blake Hewitt, Ashton Bergman, just among a few great, great players. They lose about four NF, or NFL um, high school dream teamers, all UP dream team players, couple first teamers so this team is going to have a completely new look they do bring taylor delangelo back he's a really big playmaker i think he'll have a big a big uh year this year but like you said you know just talking to uh, head coach scott sergula you know size is kind of i wouldn't say it's an issue but it's it's a concern um they don't really have that that beef up front that you'd like and like you said anytime like a six like six four fullback that's insane (laughs) you know what i mean like so you know form tackling and group tackling you got to fly to the ball and it's just fundamentals i think Westwood's going to have to really be fundamentally sound, and I think it's going to be definitely a different game than last season when you know Westwood kind of just eased through that and ran away with it. You can hear it here on ESPN-UP this evening, 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock kick, online with our app as well. I'll have the play-by-play along with Dave Bowes. High school football back tonight in Michigan, and we have college football. Almost everybody else is going to get going this weekend. We had that awful Week 0 matchup last week. It was entertaining, but... It was something that you feel bad taking pleasure in. It was a guilty pleasure because, yeah, football's back. Yeah, it's an entertaining game. Neither team seemed to want to win very badly. We should have some better ones tonight, though. We've got the defending national champions at home taking on Georgia Tech. How weird is that, opening up the season with a conference game at the college level? Yeah, it's it's different. I think it's a good matchup because Georgia Tech, they run that, I think it's like a kind of like an option. They, they really like to run their quarterback. Um, you know, focus around like the quarterback option and things like that. But I mean, I, I think Clemson's going to win the national championship this year. I mean, they are absolutely, I mean, absolutely loaded. If you, you just look from the top of their roster to the bottom, obviously Trevor Lawrence, he's looking like he's going to be a future Hall of Fame NFL quarterback. Um, never really had the, the freshman moment where the moment was too big last year. Just kind of cruised through it like like he was meant. He obviously meant to meant to be there, meant to be a quarterback um, in the, in his his lifetime. But, I mean, even, you know, from their wide receiving core, they have, you know, T. Higgins is, is their second-best wide receiver, and mm-hmm. he's a first-rounder. Um, on defense, they got Isaiah Simmons, you know, one of the top safeties. They got corners for days. They got, you know, they're losing a lot of their de- their, their whole defensive line um, who all went in the first round last year. But I'm, I'm sure they have guys coming up, guys who learn from those guys. And, I mean, they just got to roll in. I mean, Dabo Sweeney's got it going on in Clemson. I would like to say it's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to, um, especially at Clemson. I think it's going to be a blowout. But, I mean, unless barring injuries or things like that, unforeseen circumstances, I don't see why Clemson won't won't win the national championship again this year. Not to mention Travis Etienne back at running back. He will be the only competition challenging Jonathan Taylor for the title of best running back in college football this year. Although A.J. Dillon from Boston College will be a dark horse in that sense. He'll be probably number three. I tell you what, you mentioned you think it'll be a blowout. The line is at 36 points. Mm. Over or under? One. That's that's tough. In week one, it's really it's tough. Week one, if no. this was like late October, yeah, totally take the over. Yeah, I mean, if Clemson wanted to play their guys, 
you know the whole game. Mm-hmm. But you got a long season. You're not going to play these guys deep right. in the I mean, third if you, quarter. If you're up twenty, I, I say like if you're up three scores, you mm-hmm. should feel comfortable with kind of pulling your guys and getting some some experience. So I'll go under. I'm just going to go under just because I don't think if they're blowing them out by thirty. I don't see why they would just keep their guys in if, if they're rolling already. And playing on a Thursday, the national champions There's opening all, the season on a Thursday. That's kind of it's weird. always a weird energy. It's mm-hmm. always a weird energy. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, kind of nervous about that Thursday night game with the Packers. It's because <laughs> it, you never know what's going to happen on Thursday nights. So um, Thursday night's just a weird. It's a weird day. Just a weird evening to have football. I'm still not 100 percent used to it. It's, it's getting better, but with Thursday night football and stuff like that. But I love Thursday night football. It, it's nice because you know you're you're waiting for the weekend, mm-hmm. but then you kind of have like that little like release on yeah, the Thursday night. It's a pre weekend right before Friday. Yeah, and I tell you what, one week from tonight, NFL season kicks off for mm-hmm. real. Packers will have back to back Thursday night games. Next week, they'll do it for real, though, against the Chicago Bears. Tonight, they have Kansas City. Both of them will come into the game one and two. Here's your stat of the day. I tell you what, I have had some totally useless stats that I had to dig deep for, things that you will probably never think of again, never cross your mind, maybe never use again, but they're interesting at the same point. It's another thing you feel bad taking pleasure in, but I've got one I don't know what to do with. (laughs) Okay, let's hear it. I don't know if it means anything. Just take it for what it's worth. You say the preseason doesn't matter. I'm not saying you in general. I'm saying people say the preseason doesn't count. The last 11 Super Bowl champions have never had a losing preseason. Mm. They went 2-2 two and two or better. Mm. About they that? went tonight. And that's, that's the thing. The Packers and the Chiefs both come in at 1-2. and two. Right. So if the trend holds a loser of that game or if they tie... If the trend holds, neither of them is going to win the Super Bowl this year. Wow, you just really up the ante. For, I was, I was, I was not even going to watch the highlights of that one. What do you do with that stat? I don't know. You, you, you know, you send it to Coach Lafleur and you tell him, "Listen, guys, this is a big game for us." Um, I, I was disappointed that we weren't able to see a lot of the first teamers for Green Bay in the mm-hmm. preseason. I really wanted to see, you know, Aaron Rodgers completely healthy, you know, in that Lafleur system. And things like that. Try to get get knock the rust off a little bit before going. Obviously, uh, against a very very talented Chicago Bears team, um, the Packers secondary. You know, there's a backup quarterback battle happening between Deshaun Kaiser and Tim Boyle. That's mm-hmm. going to be kind of huge. Um, I think that's where a lot of people are going to be focused on because they've kind of been neck and neck. Yeah. Pretty much. You know. Pretty much. They've all shined. They shined and things like that. So, and Aaron's been hurt. You want to see somebody come in and be competent at least because. For some reason, the Packers never want to get someone who can actually play behind Aaron, just hoping Aaron stays healthy. So, um, you know, you, you're going to look at that. You're going to look at some of the younger receivers trying to step up um, and things like that. So, I mean, this is the last chance. You're going to see some, some you know, bubble players play really hard because obviously there's, this is their last chance. So mm-hmm. at least you're going to see some effort tonight. But um, when it all said and done, it, it, honestly, it doesn't matter. Two days until the roster's cut down to 53 men across the NFL. I tell you what, the best thing that we saw from the Packers quarterbacks this preseason happened yesterday when they dressed up as Happy Gilmore characters. Did you see that? Aaron Rodgers impersonating Ben Stiller's character from Happy Gilmore was perfect. Yeah, I mean, he has the personality to do so. (laughs) And the stash and everything. Yeah, the stash. I I almost believe like it was planned for months. It makes me wonder. You know, he's had that stash going. Is he going to keep it for the season opener? You know, he. I hope he does. He, he might, but past in in the past, and, and you know, looking years back, I'm pretty sure he's had a stash going, and then he'll shave it. Not right like this, though. He hasn't had he hasn't one this had, good. Yeah, he hasn't had one this good, so maybe he will. I think it fits him perfectly. I wouldn't mind to see him rock it. You know, he already rocks that 
you know, that thin thin chin strap, mm-hmm. the, the Brett Favre chin strap, the old school <laughs> chin strap that's just like leather. He doesn't even use like a thing, so I think it'll it'll fit him perfectly. Let me say this. A week from tonight, if Aaron still has it for the season opener, I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah? I'm going to get the Aaron Rodgers stash and do the show. Unfortunately, I'm on radio, not TV. You'd probably be better at it than I would. <laughs> but I'm going to do it just for fun. You can see me out in public. People will say, what's Aaron Rodgers doing in Marquette, Michigan? <laughs> Well, see, you're lucky enough to be able to grow the stash long enough and, and downwards. I, I can't do that. So Hulk Hogan style. Yeah, you can do it. So if you can pull it off, I'll, I'll just rock it. I tell you what, I, we'll, we'll do that. We can make sure that happens. Perfect. But I tell you what, Packers Chiefs tonight, they will battle to try and go 500 in the preseason. And if the trend holds, keep their Super Bowl hopes alive. I will say this. I'm, I'm excited to see them play on 100 yards <laughs> in the United States. I'm very happy about that. Lions are closing the uh, preseason tonight as well as they take on Cleveland. I don't know what we expect from either team, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, it's it's like I said, it's going to be a, just a bunch of roster guys. Obviously, no no starter is going to really be in there. I will say this: I had one of my fantasy drafts on Sunday, and my starting tight end is T.J. Hawkinson. So, mm. um, you know, I kind of just bailed on on picking a tight end early, and then before it was too late, I didn't really didn't really have any good options so i took a guy with boomer bust potential i know you're not supposed to do that but i'm really rooting against the lions but i'm rooting for tj hawkinson this year so if he can catch two touchdowns a game and they still lose i'm i think that'd be a pretty good pretty good year i'm looking at the lions roster and i'm looking at who's backing up matt stafford going into tonight's game josh johnson who was like the eighth guy to come play quarterback for the Redskins last year, Tom Savage, and he's questionable with concussion-like symptoms, and some guy named Luis Perez, a guy I've never heard of, from a college I've never heard of, Texas A&M Commerce. Hmm. So they're kind of in a worse position than even Green Bay. I mean, Josh Johnson, I'm pretty sure he played in the AAF, maybe, or... I don't know about that. No? I'm not sure if he did or not. Or was I don't it... remember him in there. I don't know. I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, either way... Um, Josh Johnson's been bouncing around. I know he played in New York for a little bit, mm. and he's all right, but he's not—he's nothing special. The Colts quarterback situation is better than theirs. I think Jacoby Brissett's getting kind of underlooked. Yeah. Um, I think when he's had a chance to play, um, he's been pretty good. I think this team could still potentially make a playoff run just because, you know, they have the talent supporting Brissett. And Brissett's one of those guys. He's, he doesn't have any crazy stats, but he takes care of the football. You know, he's a smart guy. He can read defenses. And I think they, they are – it could be worse. Let's put it that way. It could be worse. Um, but I do think I do think he might be underlooked a little bit. If you need a, if you need a fantasy quarterback for one week, try and try for set up. Now I'm looking at the Browns' backup quarterbacks, and this might be the most poorly attended NFL event of the entire season. Week four of the preseason, Browns hosting the Lions, because we're not going to see Baker Mayfield. Instead, you're going to get those three quarterbacks the Lions uh, have that I mentioned, Savage, Perez, and Johnson, squaring off against Garrett Gilbert, David Blau, and Drew Stanton. Hmm. That's going to be terrible. Who's going to watch that? It's going to be bad. I did find it interesting that that, uh, when I saw online that Garrett Gilbert and Baker Mayfield were high school teammates is that right yeah it's baker mayfield actually backed up garrett gilbert at their high school how'd that happen that's what i'm saying if you're garrett gilbert how do you feel right now i mean <laughs> you're probably the man in high school you're the starter you're like six three cannon arm getting all the college you probably know. stole baker's girlfriend and shoved <laughs> him in a locker <laughs> probably did and you're you know you're getting all the college attention and things like that you go on to college baker takes a hard road he's a walk on a couple places but 
you know, he blooms, he blossoms into what is looking like to be a star in the NFL, and now you're sitting there, you're sitting there backing him up. You got to wonder what he thinks, like when he's alone, you know, like I used to start over this kid, like he's way <laughs> shorter than me, but you know, he for some reason he's just better. You know that that must motivate. They're friends though, so yep. I mean that's a good dynamic to have. We've got a lot of friends on Cleveland. Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of childhood teammates and things. I still don't think they're going to win the division. No, still don't. Not convinced. It's tough. It's tough. I, I think the Ravens are kind of getting underlooked. Um, a little they just bit with, bolstered their O line with Lamar. Two big yeah. trades. I think Lamar Jackson is going to have a, a big season. You know that defense is always great, and then Pittsburgh, they got some younger guys in. You know some. You know, new names. It's not Antonio Brown. It's not Le'Veon Bell. But mm-hmm. I mean, they got some guys that are going to fill in. They got talent on that roster still. So you can't you can't count out uh, Pittsburgh either. Cincinnati, sorry, you're, you're, you're fourth place. Well, we got to take our first break. When we come back, the Jadavian Clowney sweepstakes starting to open up a little bit more. Who is in prime position to take home the prize next on ESPN UP? Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Danner Hoops, Jake Durant with you Thursday afternoon. Inching closer to kicking off underneath those Thursday night lights. And again, we've got Westwood Houghton here on ESPN UP. Pre-game set to go in about two hours, a little over. And then kickoff set for 7 o'clock. Again, you can hear it here, AM and FM, and online with our app. Well, Jadavian Clowney, not happy with the Houston Texans. He is willing to hold out. He is willing to let go of game checks to lose money if he's not traded. He's not happy with the negotiations. He fired his agent. I don't know why he doesn't like the Texans, though. I mean, they're building something pretty special there. Is it all about money? Like, are you willing to give up? a team that I think is going to win their division this year in the Houston Texans and go play for the Jets? Like, do you have it that bad? I mean, that's what it's looking like. Uh, he feels like he should be put, paid as one of the top defenders in the league. He's, you know, he he makes a difference, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's almost, you know, obviously the Texans are feeling like that would be overpaying him because, I mean, his stats aren't where it, they need to be for him to get paid that much. Mm-hmm. I just don't think those two things are lining up, and, and no team is kind of willing to budge. No side is willing to budge. Obviously, Jadavian Clowney is not willing to budge. So um, from what I was hearing, he was uh, w- going to report to the Texans until they said they were trading him or trying to trade him, and then he went to Miami to talk to the Dolphins. So um, it, it will take a team like, like Miami or like the New York Jets who have spent just a ridiculous amount of money on upgrading their, their team um, to to bring him in, and I think I mean I think the Jets would be a good fit for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, bringing in guys like you know they got Jamal Adams there already. They brought in C.J. Mosley, uh, Marcus Mays coming back from injury, put Jadavian Clowney on the line with Leonard Williams and Quinnen Williams. I mean, my goodness, they'd love him. They'd love. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to take that division, the Jets, but I mean, it's a pretty good that's defensive a pretty, line. It, it, Sam Darnold's coming back. They got Le'Veon Bell there. Um, I do think they have an underrated receiving core. Not sure, really sure about the offensive line, but Sam Darnold's looking like he's a stud. He can make all the throws. If they put it all together and that that chemistry comes around, I mean, they could. If potentially this could be the year they take the division. I'm not saying they will. Not counting at New England, but on paper they look they look nice. This seems like a move the Cleveland Browns could and should be interested in. They, why? How can Cleveland make all these moves? Like, what is going on here? Because <laughs> they have a good GM now. John Dorsey is Why doing can't the all job. GM be like this? Like, this is what I would be doing if I was a GM. I would just be scooping guys up, you know, bringing guys in, spending money, 
This is Kevin Costner on draft day. Seriously. I need I, I, Green Bay needs to be like that. Come on now. Bring some guys. <laughs> Come on, Gouda Kunst. Yeah, Gouda Kunst. Do Get some. out there. Get out there. Start making some moves. Don't let Mike Daniels go unless you're going to bring in Jid Davey and Clowney. That'd be, that'd be nice. I don't know how I'd fit in that defense, but it'd be, <laughs> it'd be nice. I'll take him. The big name. I just think back to that Michigan-South Carolina game yep. when he destroyed, destroyed the That's when he record. became a household name, when yeah. he lit up Vincent Smith and mm-hmm. popped his helmet off. I turned the TV off and said, it's over. <laughs> I said, this is over. And even if it's not, it should be because that it was bad. That guy's knocked into a different dimension. Well, it sounds like his top suitors all come from the AFC East. The Jets, I don't know what they're going to be this year. I don't know what Le'Veon's going to look like after taking a year off. Everyone thinks Darnold's going to take a step forward and have a really good sophomore season. I don't see it. Miami, we just know they're tanking for Tua, unless they can absolutely pull a rabbit out of their hat with Josh Rosen. I saw this last night when I was on Twitter. I was in bed, should have been going to sleep. Instead, I was on Twitter. And I see there's an actual debate over who's going to start week one for the Dolphins between Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I'm thinking, why is this a question? Like, what is there to debate here? Mm-hmm. There isn't a debate. There's not a logical debate, right? Well, I mean, you could you could start Fitzmagic. You know, he has one or two games in his arsenal that he's going to be probably the top quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he has those games where he's just locked in and he throws four or five touchdown passes and then he falls off. I would ride Fitzmagic for the start of the season until he starts falling off and then bring in Rosen to tank the rest of the year. That's what I would do. I just don't see the point to doing that. Like, if you want to tank and you're hoping that Fitzmagic has a good first half of the year, then why play him? Because then you just hurt your draft position. And Rosen, I mean, either you tank for Tua or Trevor, you pick up your quarterback of the future then, or maybe this kid really can ball. I think you let him go, especially the first four weeks of the season. They have got Baltimore, New England, Dallas, and the Chargers. Their first four games of the year. All four of those were playoff teams last year. I mean, they have nothing to lose right now. They've got Rosen. It's kind of like a wild card chip. Either he's good, he'll be their quarterback going forward, or he's, he's a bust. They tank, and they get to or Trevor. I think you've got to start Rosen. Yeah. You, you know, this is one of those things where you can't really walk the line. you gotta kind of got to either go all in or all out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm tanking for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I'm, I'm taking the two-year plan. Two is a great, great player, you know, and things like that. But Trevor Lawrence, to me, He's just that guy, you know. He he's just shown he has everything you can ever want. All the physical tools, um, played in huge games. Just didn't even phase him. He, it looks like he has the mental for the position as well. I think he's an absolute game changer. I think Tua will be good, mm-hmm. and he could be a franchise quarterback. But I'm talking, you know, you get Trevor Lawrence, and that's the guy that's gonna keep you relevant for de- for at least a decade. And and with him, you have a shot every single year. I think he's one of those type of talents. So. You know, maybe work on the defense, maybe bring in Jadavion right now if you're the Dolphins. Get somebody, you know, keep get somebody of quality in this draft and then really just tank. Just be like, all right, guys, we're not winning games. You win games, you're fired. I would love it if the Colts absolutely tank this year. I don't think they're going to be very good anymore anyway, and they end up with Trevor Lawrence. You don't think Jacoby Brissett? You don't, you, you don't trust him? No. That not when he's 4-11 and 11 as a starter in his career. That I don't. Offens- that offensive line is really good. They got it two is. solid running backs. You know, they brought in Paris Campbell. I think he's going to be an underrated. I think he's kind of underrated at receiver. He obviously got T.Y. Hilton and company. You know, you got the defense. I don't see why he just can't be a game manager and win some games. But that being said, I can definitely see Trevor Lawrence being in an Indianapolis Colts uniform. I would get Ryan Fitzmagic. I'd go trade for him. 
Instead, they're going with Brock Osweiler. They're looking at bringing him in. Yeah. We all know his potential. He's How about not Teddy great. Bridgewater? Go out and get him. He's not doing anything. He's backing up Drew Brees this, right now. I don't know now. if the Saints want to get rid of him, honestly. I don't think they do. I think he, you know, he's one of those guys where, obviously, he's one of the better, I would say, when he's healthy and, and he's shown he can be a really good player. And in that Saints system, I think he's perfect there. I don't think the Saints want to get rid of him. And I don't even know if they're probably fielding trade offers for him. What about Sam Bradford? Is he still backing no, up Tyler Murray? I don't know. He's probably he's made a class. Probably in physical therapy right now. <laughs> Sam Bradford, I wonder, because I'd make that move if I were Kingsbury. I don't know how much control he has over the front office, but if Kyler doesn't pan out and he's gone in a couple of years, Kingsbury's going with him. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we we could potentially see a lot of different moves, obviously, and and see what happens, but um, we are going to see a couple teams tank for sure because right now there's a few quarterbacks coming out that are that are game changers. So I was starting to think this would be a tank year for the New York Giants. They would be tanking for Trevor. Doesn't look like it. I tell you what, if Daniel Jones lives up to the hype, I know it's preseason, but he's done everything right so far. And I, I, I tell you what, the biggest reason I hope Daniel Jones works out for the Giants in the NFL is so that we get the Dave Gettleman revenge tour. I just want Dave to drag everybody. I can't oh, wait. I'm not a big Dave Gettleman fan, you know, and, and I was scratching my head at what he was doing and things like that. But obviously Daniel Jones playing against, you know, second string, third string players, he's looking nice. I always look at the demeanor and just like how mm-hmm. how cool and collected players are. He seems to have like that mental just, you know, can shut everything out and just focus on what he's doing. And, and he's looked, you know, they've put him in a position to succeed. He's made the throws he's had to make. And and he looks like he's a decent quarterback. So, I mean, right now Dave Gettleman's sitting back there, you know, probably smiling, waking up, feeling good. Um, we'll see what happens when he has to play against real competition in the regular season. But, I mean, right now people were, were calling for his job, you know, mm-hmm. saying he's just terrible, he's, he's lost his mind. Um, but right now he's looking like a genius. So we're going to have to wait and see. But I kind of like what the Giants are doing. I think the Giants yeah. are going to have a better year. They're not going to have a great year, but, you know, I think they're going to have a lot better year than a lot of people think. I have them third in that division. Yeah, I think, I think they'll finish ahead of Washington. I think so. Washington has a really good defense. They do. They really do. Really good defense, but, yeah, they'll be battling for that fourth and third spot. But the offense is in a tough spot. I don't know when we'll see Dwayne Haskins. I think we'll see him before Daniel Jones, but Kyler is going to start in week one, so it's going to be Kyler, Haskins, and Daniel Jones. Jones having the best preseason of any of them. I didn't hate the Daniel Jones pick, to be honest with you. I liked him at Duke. I thought he was a good player at Duke. But I tell you what, I just I, I wasn't sure about number six overall. I thought he could be there at 17. But then again, if you like the guy, if you saw something you like, you go get him. You yeah. go get the guy you want. From what I was hearing, they, they thought that the Redskins were going to probably snag him up if they didn't take him at six. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if they could have got him at 17, obviously that would have been an absolute steal. Could you imagine if they they skipped Daniel Jones at six and w- were able to just draft the best player available, which at the time was Josh Allen from mm-hmm. Kentucky? I don't know if anyone out there have seen Jacksonville play in the preseason, but Josh Allen is looking like an absolute monster. He t- destroyed their their game last last week. I forgot who it was against, but absolutely just dominated. Had like three sacks. Was in the backfield. Um, if they could have picked him up and kind of solidified him as a star on the defense, then got Daniel Jones. That would have been amazing as well, but we're going to have to wait and see. But that Josh Allen pick, I think they could have went either way and, and been fine. Barring any other surprise announcement this weekend, Tuesday on the show I'm planning on giving my predictions for all eight divisions in the NFL this year where each team is going to finish, and it's still up for debate. I know I said Houston earlier this show, but I'm still debating. Do I think Jacksonville can win that division? Because I do, 
but I really like that Houston team. So that's still up for debate. The other seven divisions, I'm not going to reveal, but the other seven divisions I'm set on. That one's the tough one for me right now. That one is tough. Houston always has injuries. You know, Deshaun uh, Watson has been injured here and there. Will Fuller. Will Fuller always – I'm surprised, man. He's blown out his knee three times. Mm -hmm. Um, He's healthy. He's a deep threat, and he obviously changed that offense. J.J. Watt's getting older. He's getting more worn down. He's been getting injured and things. Um, And then their running back situation, Lamar Miller blowing out his knee and things like that. Good thing they got Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson, yeah, but – you know, I, I got to see if they stay healthy. Obviously, they're good, but they're going to deal with some injuries. I, I like Jacksonville in that that division. I like that defense. Obviously, Josh Allen's just going to add to that. I think Nick Foles is obviously a Super Bowl um, type of quarterback. He, he's not going to win the game for you, but he'll manage a game. And you know, Leonard Fournette's going to have to obviously step up. And and uh, they don't really have a lot of great receivers. That's the one thing mm-hmm. they haven't really invested in in a big time pass catcher. That might be an issue. But they got they got solid receivers. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you in the Sports Fan Thursday afternoon. Let's take our next time out. When we come back, a brand new position group taking the NFL by storm. We'll tell you about them next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along this Thursday afternoon. Here's your Sports Center update. Seven-time All-Star Joe Johnson is planning an NBA comeback. Johnson recently was named MVP of the Big Three, the professional three-on-three league that Allen Iverson started, and he has workouts scheduled with four teams, the 76ers, the Bucks, the Nuggets, and the Clippers. Not just four teams, four playoff teams from a year ago. How about that? Teams that need some shooting and some depth. He was hitting four-pointers out there in the Big Three. <laughs> he still got the range, still got the shot. Man, I remember when he was on uh, Phoenix, Joe Johnson, he was mm-hmm. one of my favorite players. Um, just smooth, you know, had that smooth game, really beautiful jump shot, bigger guy, could play defense, you know, he he has a little juice I left in him. I see it again. He has a little juice left in him. Last night, Washington Nationals pitcher Max Scherzer reached the 200 strikeout mark for the eighth consecutive season. Tom Seaver is the only other pitcher to ever accomplish the feat. And finally, your car keys have traveled more than your car. Ever think about that? Mind blown. Your car keys have traveled more than your car does. You take them with you. Your steps are their steps. Car doesn't move. It's true. How about that? Wow, thanks for that. (laughs) That insight. (laughs) That might be the most worthless, uninteresting thing I've ever... I'm going to be driving just like, wait a second. These car keys have traveled further than this car that I'm driving. Maybe if you're one of those people that has like an automatic push to start, my brother has one of those cars, and when I was in Iowa about a month ago, I was using his car to go do something, and I get in there, and I'm like, where are the keys, and where do I stick them? Yeah. Like, what the heck is this? Um, funny story about a, a push-to-start car. So one of our news vehicles is a push-to-start, mm-hmm. and um, one of the first times I ever went and covered a Calumet Copper Kings football game, I went up there, and I had to park up on like this hill because there was just so many cars far away, and I was like trying to get out of there to go shoot a, a, another game uh, close. So I went there, you know, shot a couple highlights, got into the car, and the battery had actually died on the keys. Mm. So there was I, I I couldn't find a way to start the car. So I'm sitting there, like in this field in Calumet, like why can't I start this? Like I'm stuck. I'm gonna have to have somebody come get me from Marquette. I'm not gonna have highlights tonight. I'm just oh, sitting there man. freaking out. Um, and then I I've come to realize that you can you know luckily YouTube and, and the internet, <laughs> you can actually take the key and place it on the start button. Just put it 
put it on top of it and it will actually start up. Is that car. right? Yeah. How so, about that? So for you guys out there with a push to start who might get locked out if your your car key dies, you can just set it right on the, the start button and it, it'll start up. So. See, that's why we have you here because you actually give useful information to our <laughs> listeners. There you go. Well, I tell you what, the newest position group taking the league by storm. Everybody knows how fast Kansas City is going to be at the wide receiver position this year. They have just given themselves a new nickname. They're calling themselves the Legion of Zoom. How about that? Jake's shaking you his know, head. I like it, but it's come on. Like, okay, I get it. You know, it's a it's a knockoff of the Legion of Boom, but it's not that original, is it? It's actually that's actually a knockoff of the Legion of Doom from Legion the of, 1970s you know, cartoon Super Friends. Well, see, I didn't look back that far, but <laughs> but it's funny. It's funny. Obviously, Tyreek Hill there. Sammy Watkins. I don't know if Sammy Watkins is fast, but they got Nicole Hardman. He's as not well. slow, you know. So yeah, and they the, just the, got some sprinter off the street, like he was an Olympic sprinter. I don't think he's he ever played well. football professionally, but they just picked him up off the street. Might as well. They're going to be that fast. They're going to be fast. Just use them for end arounds of anything. Kansas City. They're my they're my team coming out the AFC this year. So and they've got the newest MVP at quarterback since it's not going to be Andrew Luck anymore. <laughs> it's going <laughs> right. to be yeah, it's going to be my newest pick right. for MVP, which thankfully I was able to pick him up in my first fantasy draft. Yeah, oh, that's good. Somehow I got I away wanted, with both him and Saquon Barkley. That's what I was so okay. happy. So I had the first overall pick. Uh-huh. I, you can't go. You, you have to go Saquon. Have to go guys. Saquon. So I was like, all right, I'm going to. That's what I did. I'm going to grab this guy and like my next pick coming up. It's a snake draft. Mm-hmm. You know, Pat Mahomes should be there because you know running backs are going to go quick. Wide receiver will go quick. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to grab Pat Mahomes. It's some somebody who's picking seventh overall to grab Pat Mahomes. I'm like, Come on. Kind of ruined what I was trying to do. And I don't hate that. I He's the only quarterback that probably should be taken first round. Right, right. I was later in the first round, but mm-hmm. this guy ended up drafting like three or four quarterbacks. I didn't really understand mm-hmm. what he was trying to do. but um, So I ended up having to take – I think I was going to take Zach Ertz, but he got picked my second pick overall, but he got picked right before that. So I'm pretty sure – who did I pick? I picked running back. Can't remember. I'm blanking mm-hmm. right now. But it, it just ruined my whole draft. I still had a pretty good team. I was able to get Saquon, Pat Mahomes, and George Kittle with my top three picks. That's really cool. happy with well, it. How many teams? Ten. Ten teams. All right. So I was in a 14-team league. Uh-huh. So I got – this is my team real quick. I'll just mm-hmm. go through it. I got Lamar Jackson at quarterback, Adam okay. Thielen, Calvin Ridley starting at wide receiver for me, Saquon Barkley and Damian Williams from Kansas City um, as my running backs, mm. TJ Hawkinson as my tight end. That's, that's scary. <laughs> and then – we have a flex of a receiver tight end, which I got Valdez Scantling in there right now. But bench is looking nice. I got Sony Michelle. I got uh, Josh Gordon, Tony Pollard, um, just to name a few. So Jay Kumaro got snuck him up. No one knows about him. He's a dark horse. You can grab him, grab him. He's a big play guy. Okay, here's the starting lineup then for two girlies, one cup, because that did win my contest. Actually, though, I should use that for a different league. This one, I have Patrick Mahomes, so I debated Country Roads, take Mahomes. So we've got Pat Mahomes, we've got Saquon, we've got Marlon Mack from Indianapolis, uh, Will Fuller V, Notre Damer, uh, George Kittle, Stephon Diggs, Jarvis Landry, Adam Vinatieri, and the Minnesota defense. Mm. I got Goskowski from New England mm. and New Orleans, but that, that's a solid team. I like the 10 teams leagues because you, mm-hmm. can, you get more quality guys. 14 is a little bit more thinned out with the picks, especially later on in your bench, so... Um, it's going to be tough. I need TJ Hawkinson. Lions, please throw it to him. I think Stafford and him will connect. If he can give me a touchdown a game, I'm, I'm happy with that. Well, I tell you what, we were talking about the Legion of Zoom, and then we got onto our fantasy football. We got onto car keys for about six minutes. So 
let me give you some of these, some other team nicknames, or at least position group nicknames, some of the best non-official team nicknames that we've ever come across. Legion of Zoom? Eh, we'll see what that's like. Kind of a playoff, the Legion of Boom, the old Seattle defense. And again, that's a playoff, the Legion of Doom from the Super Friends back in the 1970s. But a few that I was able to come up with, Murderer's Row. Remember the old New York Yankees lineup in the 1920s? About 100 years old now. That would go well these days. That, that <laughs> they could do it again. Uh, we had Murderer's Row. How about the Big Red Machine? 1970s Cincinnati Reds. The Four Horsemen, a Notre Dame reference that turns 100. Yeah. Turn in a hundred this year, and Bronx Bombers. That one kind of withstands the test of time. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I, I like the Bronx Bombers. I think that one is that one is timeless. Timeless. If you yeah. have a nickname called the Murderers Row in 2019. You're you're going to get some some craft for that. There are a few teams that use gangrene. I think the Eagles have used it before. I know the Jets use it. Mm-hmm. Could be could be a few teams that might, might use that. Yeah, use that moniker. Gangrene. I like that. What other ones am I missing on here, Jake? I mean, I look some at, good ones. I look at the football nicknames. Um, you know, obviously they're not they're unofficial, but teams have you know a persona around them, like mm-hmm. the defenses nicknames. When you talk about like the Steel Curtain and things like yep, that, yep, there you go, Steel Curtain. But my favorite one, and it's a, a Packers rival, the Minnesota Vikings. It's yes. the Purple People, Purple People Eaters. That one's probably my favorite. No Fly Zone in Denver. No Fly one. Zone. That's a good that's one. That's a newer one. Um, Back the in the seventies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Killer Bees. I think the Miami Dolphins' old defense used that in like the seventies, but then Pittsburgh kind of redid that with and then Antonio they broke Brown. Up. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell and. Uh, and like, it made more sense with Pittsburgh because was, of those Bumblebee uniforms they wear once yeah, a year. Exactly. So that kind of made sense. I like that one actually. I tell you what, you mentioned the Broncos, the no-fly zone, a good one. Back in the 70s, they were Orange Crush. Orange Crush. Orange Crush was a good one. I did like the Purple People Eater slogan, meet up at the quarterback. That was yeah. a good one. I know you're a Packers guy, but, man, that was a good one. Yeah. How about Lob City? Lob City, oh, old, yeah. Old Clippers, yeah. Yeah. We've got the Broad Street Bullies, Philadelphia Flyers back in the day. How about Monsters of the Midway? Monsters of the Midway. Uh, Chicago Bears. What about uh, the New York Sack Exchange, old Giants <laughs> defense? <laughs> Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> yep. Uh, there were some good ones. Oh, Pistons Bad Boys. Mm-hmm. That that was one of my favorites. Obviously, I'm a, a Pistons fan. I, I was really sad when um, Tom Gores mm-hmm. started saying, like, we're not drafting, like, bad boy type players. And I was like, you're the Pistons. <laughs> you know, I like I like Dembouye, but get get a guy take a chance on a guy a, a bad boy persona guy you go get the, another joe dumars yeah, like when are since when are you going away from that persona you were you are the bad boys you are the pistons bring that back the other night i was up till like two thirty. I, I didn't mean to but i was watching malice at the palace videos and i know that wasn't the original bad boys but the, <laughs> but the i will never forget where i was on that day but the pistons certainly encapsulate that kind of mantra at least they did for a while <laughs> I just, just couldn't anxiety. stop watching it. It gives me anxiety. a man. How scary that had to be. Yeah, I mean, you know, I actually ended up going to the Palace of Auburn Hills um, the next time the, the Pacers came to town mm. after that. What was that like? It was very intense, very quiet. I think there was a bomb threat that happened before. The a lot game, of security. A lot of security. Uh, the game wasn't going to happen, obviously, with the bomb threat. We almost had to get escorted out. Oh, so but you it, never even saw a game there? No, no. It, it, there was a game. There actually was a game, and I'll never forget it because Steven Jackson and Reggie Miller, I mean, any time a, a, a Pacers player touched the ball, I mean, the, the deafening boos that came from there, but... Steven Jackson and Reggie Miller were just on fire. Pacers won, and they just shut the crowd up. It was it was insane. 
I don't think Ron Artest was playing then. I think he was traded after Malice in the Palace. I think yeah. they dealt him to the Kings. That's one of those sports moments where you just will never forget where you were. I, I was biking up to my – I was watching it at my, my mom's house, and then I biked up to my friend's house, which was a couple blocks away, um, and missed the whole, like, live action of it. Mm-hmm. And when I got inside, my one of my best friends at the time was saying, did, did you see what happened? And he was like – I was like, what? He's like, you got to see this, dude showed me and I was just like this is insane it was insane I loved how Tayshawn Prince just remained on the bench everything's going on around him you can just see Tayshawn Prince just sitting on the bench his teammates are in fist fights with fans in the stands <laughs> just, Mark Boyle the Indianapolis radio man at the time was trampled he had five stitches to his head mm-hmm. and yet Tayshawn Prince just sits there in the bench because he knew if he left he'd get fined yeah Ron Artest man he was he was out there I don't know how he, <laughs> he was not not there mentally I don't know how he was like continuing to play but that was just insane to see Flint. It, 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 you know, there, it, it always felt like there was like a barrier, some sort of invisible fence per se that you know the players would never cross, or you know, anytime a fan ever got onto the court, obviously they'd be escorted. But that was just one of those things where you realize, like, hey, these two things can collide, and the fans and players can fight, and it was insane. I think one day later was that infamous. Clemson, South Carolina football fight. It was the last game of Lou Holtz's coaching career when he was with South Carolina. And it, like five minutes left in the game, it was a blowout. There was a full on fist fight on the field, like one day after Malice at the Palace. What a great time in sports. <laughs> <laughs> Miss those days. I was watching that on YouTube well into the night as well. A few more here before we go to break. Let's see. Are there any more that we can come up with? Shoot, there um, should be. I know I'm going to be missing some. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I can't yeah. think of any right now. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> would uh, Now I'm trying to think. Would the Nebraska defense, the black shirts, you think that counts? I Maybe. See that. Yeah. I can see that. Why not? Why not? Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along here in the sports pen. Let's take our last time out when we come back. The Basketball World Cup tips off this weekend. Who cares? Not most of the population, but we'll tell you why you should next in ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any part of the show today, you can check it out on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple iStore, Google Play, or look up ESPNUP.com. That's where you'll find the on-demand. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along as always. Don't forget, coming up in a little over 10 minutes, once we sign off, we will have a rerun of our ESPN-UP Coaches Show as we do every Friday during the football season. It's on a Thursday this week because, you know, everybody's getting going. Not everybody. Three of our five teams are getting going tonight. So you can hear that coming up in a little over 10 minutes once we sign off. And then Patriot football this evening at Westwood High School against Houghton. 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock kick. You can hear it right here on ESPN-UP. Well, I tell you what, the Basketball World Cup tips off this weekend. Are you going to care about the World Cup, Jake? Does anybody like this tournament except for me? Yeah, I mean, I'm a basketball fan. I I like it. I Mm -hmm. might not watch, like, a lot of the games, per se, but I will definitely be checking out highlights. Um, you know, we don't have our, our best team out there. Mm-hmm. You know, we have our JV squad. It's going to be fun to root for them and things like that, and it, it makes it more interesting that they, they lost one of those exhibition games against mm-hmm. Australia. Um, but I still think we have the superior talent. We might not be the best team, per se, when, when you talk chemistry-wise, but 
Um, I'm always, you know, I'm always rooting for the USA when you talk about world contests and and definitely basketball because I, I just think we we own basketball. Could, you know, we we're playing our second stringers, guys. <laughs> Maybe even, not even that. Even if even if we do lose, I mean, I'm not trying to say I'm a poor sport and be like, oh, you know, congrats whoever would beat us, but we don't have our guys out there. We don't have the LeBrons. We don't have the Kyries, the, the Kevin Durant's. We don't have, you know, Russ uh, Westbrook or James Harden. So. Um, well, here are some of the numbers that you need to know. The U.S. has dominated basketball. Olympic gold's over and over. But when it comes to the World Cup, there have been 17. The U.S. has only won five. Does that surprise you? Does that surprise you to learn the U.S. has only won five of the 17 World Cups? Kind of does. Yeah. You'd think we'd be a little bit more dominant. I don't know. Well, it dates back to when the Russians were literally paying the officials to make sure they got the gold. Mm. That's not being a homer by any stretch. I mean, the Russians did anything and everything to make it happen. But this is actually going to provide some parity. I tell you what, we love us some parity. I don't love it as much as going out and blowing out the rest of the world and making a statement because I want world domination just like we saw in women's soccer this year. But the U.S. should still be in contention to at least contend and get to the gold medal game. But there's maybe even a little trash talking going out there. I don't remember what country it is. That's how good of a journalist I am. It's like Bosnia or Serbia or Croatia. What are those a, Baltic a group, countries? Yeah, there's a group of countries where you just, I hate to say it, and I should be better. You just kind of like, kind of. Yugoslavia, yeah, something like that. Latvia, yeah. whatever, over, over that direction. The Baltic countries, one of them. I, I think it was Serbia. Might have been. I can't remember. But their coach is trash talking the U.S. Like after, <laughs> this is what I love about this tournament. Like despite the U.S. not being guaranteed victory, there's a little parody making it interesting. Where you have like the Bosnian national coach saying, "God needs to have mercy on the Americans to win this tournament." I mean, that's some that's some hate. <laughs> <laughs> that's some hate. But but they have some crazy guys over there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know when the the. Uh, the two Ball brothers went over, I think, to Lithuania. Their coach mm-hmm. was insane. Yeah, they're insane. They're a good team too, Lithuania. They're, yeah, they're a good team. Um, Where's Jok- Jokic from? Where's who's he play for? One of those teams. One of them, yeah. One of those Baltic countries. Yeah. No idea. Turkey's in our group. They're in Group E in this tournament. They're not going to be at full strength because Enes Kanter obviously can't go to Turkey because there's a there's a hit put out on him. You know, there's a bounty for his head. That must be scary, man. It, I'm sure it is. But I tell you what, He's, he, he would wouldn't be, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be them. Sorry, he would be their best player. He'd be their best player. I know. Who else do they have? <laughs> well, they're in our group, and some experts are saying it could be a trap game. No. Could be. Not no. worried about them? Not worried about it. I tell you what, though, there are some similarities to this year's squad and the 2010 squad that did win the World Cup. That squad in 2010 featured Eric Gordon, Rudy Gay, and Andre Ingadala. And we still won. We still won the gold that year. They but, were actually like really good, though. Mm-hmm. They were rating right their primes. It, which was weird, mm-hmm. but they had two current All-Stars on that team, being Derrick Rose and Kevin Durant. This year, we have two current All-Stars, Kemba Walker and Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting to see what U.S.'s starting lineup is going to be. Like, is it, We know it's going to be Kemba. We know it's going to be Middleton. It'll be Miles Turner. Who else is going to be in that starting lineup? These guys who guys who can defend and shoot. Mm-hmm. So whoever that may be, and one of those Boston Celtic wings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like five Celtics in this tournament. That's what I, I, I was thinking about. That I was I was doing highlights of the one of the games that happened, and I was like, oh, another Celtic. This is the Celtics. This is the this is the Celtics team. There's like five in the tournament. Four on USA. Cantor would play for Turkey. He'd make six. 
Yeah, I, f- I feel pretty good about that mm-hmm. if you're Boston. But I tell you what, we are still the only country in the world that's going to bring all NBA players to this tournament. We should feel good about that. And yet, like I mentioned, some of those players are Harrison Barnes, who you said during the break, stealing money from the NBA for years. I mean, every obviously every player earns money and, and deserves you know to get paid, but he's been getting like overpaid for five straight years. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, who could be the breakout for this year's team? When you look at players like Turner, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, guys like that. Donovan Mitchell, he's on that roster too. It was almost a coming out party for Russell Westbrook. Like, he was good in the NBA, but he was still in his first couple of seasons at this time. He had a really good World Cup of basketball. And it was after that that he started becoming an NBA household name. Keep in mind, this is still 2010. Who could be that guy on this year's squad between guys like Mitchell, Tatum, any of the aforementioned? You know, I, I, I like Donovan Mitchell as, mm-hmm. you know, that would probably be my pick just because he can he can really do it all. Um, you know, he he's like a D-Wade when you talk about size and things like that, but... He could be that glue guy that kind of, you know, he, he can handle the ball, he can shoot, he can get hot, he can obviously get to the rim. He can kind of be that do-it-all guy. He can penetrate and kick. Um, I think if he plays well and, and facilitates a little bit, I think uh, he will be the, the difference maker. I think he would be one. Jason Tatum, I mean, when he came into the league, he was on fire. He's getting, you know, compared to Kobe and things like that, and he kind of fell off a little bit. So you'd like to see him kind of come back and be confident and shoot the ball well and, you know, use his length on, on the defensive side of the ball and get to the rim and get those dunks and things. So uh, one of those guys, I'd say. And maybe the biggest advantage the U.S. still has over anybody else besides what we've already talked about, Coach Pop. Nobody else has a Coach Greg Popovich on their bench. Right, yeah, he just has he has all the experience can deal with the personalities, knows um, to put guys in the right position to, to be their best. And, um, you know, he'll have those guys ready. Um, that's the one thing. They could go up against a team that just has that, that chemistry, you know, one of those European teams and, and it can just shoot and runs their offense and the defense and the USA might get, you know, have some trouble with that. But if they can just come together, play as a team, you know, lose the egos and, and just pl- do their roles, not try to be the star of the team like they are on their NBA teams, I think, um, they should be fine. I tell you what, you look at the U.S.'s group, and again, they should win that. But I'm excited to see Japan. We play Japan in group play, and Roy Achimura is going to play a World Cup game. He's going to play a professional World Cup game before a professional NBA game. I'm excited to see him play on the same stage as these guys that have been playing in the NBA at least two years now. Mm-hmm. That's a big, big test for him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like you said, younger guy trying to prove himself, trying to make a name for himself. Um, you know, if he came, comes out and plays well and, and is a leader of, of that team, um, that should be a huge confidence boost for him um, as he enters the NBA and just knowing that, you know, he, he can play at a professional level and, and lead and, and be that guy that many believe he is. So, um, yeah, this is a tournament for a lot of guys like that who are playing um, to kind of show what they do, not even guys who are in the NBA. You know, you got guys who are playing professionally in their own countries that, you know, might – you want to come in and, and just prove to themselves and prove to everybody like, hey, I can compete with guys like Team USA who who play in the best league in the world, and and I'm good enough to be you know competitive against those guys. So you know, uh, any time a team's going to play the USA, they're going to be a little bit extra motivated. I would have to guess. I'm excited for this tournament. I am. I know that it's kind of going to be about a C team that we send over there to China. But I think this is going to be a fun tournament, and they tip off on Saturday. And I'm looking through these groups, what have you, and the groupings. We'll go through them quick before we sign off. Group A, you've got Ivory Coast, Poland, Venezuela, and China, the host team. If I have to make picks, I can do that. I'll make picks here. 
I'd probably say China. Mm-hmm. I think China's going to win that group. So do I. You too? Mm-hmm. How about Group B? We've got Russia, Argentina, South Korea, and Nigeria. Argentina. I'm going with the Argentines in that one. Nigeria could give them a run. They were an Olympic team a couple of years ago. I don't know what to expect from Russia. I know. They're kind of a wild card. They could be a trap team, but I don't know that they're a team that's going to move on. They could be a spoiler. Group C, you got Spain. Already is my pick. I don't even need to see who else is in there. Spain, Iran, Puerto Rico, and Tunisia. It'll be Spain. You got to do Spain, but, man, Puerto Rico, though, remember? Carlos Arroyo. That's right. That team was really fun to watch. Group D, you've got Angola, the Philippines, Italy, and Serbia. 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 <laughs> I think Serbia and Angola is actually the first game of the tournament. You've got Turkey in Group E, along with the Czech Republic, Japan, and of course the United States of America. I'm about to go Japan. I'm just <laughs> let's go. Let's go USA. I'll USA. Yep. Okay, if I had to pick who's going to be runner-up in that group, I think I'm going to go with Turkey. I think Turkey's going to get it over Japan. <laughs> For what reason? I know Do more players on Turkey. Uh, Who's their NBA guys? I don't know. Probably just Dina's Cantor. <laughs> I do think they have a few other NBA they, guys they, on there. They, I just have no probably, idea what their names a, are or how to say it. Right. They probably will, will feel a pretty phys- physical, you know, tough-minded team, I'm going to guess. Here is a group where I can name, like, two players on the entire roster. It, like, through all four rosters. New Zealand, Montenegro, Brazil, and Greece. Now, Brazil's a better basketball country, but Greece has Giannis. Mm-hmm. Greece. Uh, you think so? Yeah. All right. All right, so then who else we have here? Group G, the Dominican Republic, Germany, Jordan, and France. I'm picking France. France, yeah. France, I think they're ranked number three in the world. Yeah, France is, they, they got some players. They, they are an up-and-coming basketball country, for sure. This could be a tough group, actually. Group H, you've got Senegal, Lithuania, Australia, and Canada. Could be a tough one. That's that's really good. Mm-hmm. Canada has some players. I'm gonna have to go. I think I'm gonna just go with Canada. I think. I think I'm gonna go with Australia in this one. Yeah, Australia's impressive. Patty man. Mills, even without Ben Simmons, think if they had him. But yeah, Patty Mills looks like he's ten years younger. Yeah. Like he was lighting up the U.S. in that Sometimes exhibition. When you when you go to your home countries and are representing your home countries, you mm-hmm. get that that new f- form of confidence and and you kind of you know get that energy again. Canada full strength. I would say might contend with Australia. I, I can't go with a – yeah, I had to go with a little dark. Oil, I so know. It's because you love Nick Nurse. You're exactly. a Nick Nurse guy. Yeah, that's it. He's the only other coach I know in this tournament besides Popovich. Uh, Senegal and Lithuania, though, those are both some pretty good basketball countries as well. And with that, we are out of time. Appreciate you as always, my man. Thanks Have for fun me. tonight out in Iron Mountain, and uh, we'll be looking for some highlights. Anything else that you got going on this week? Just keep tuning into the High School Sports Zone every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. We just had our preview show last night. Everything went went great. Um, also, you know, add us on Facebook, Local 3 Sports Zone, and on Twitter. We'll be updating our segments and things like that if you can't see the show. Um, but, yeah, we're just going to start this high school football season and trek through and and have a lot of fun. That's going to be coming up. Keep uh, keep an eye out for that one on Local 3. Tonight, Westwood Patriot football, 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock kick on ESPN-UP and online with our app. If you missed it, here's our coaches show. Here from all five coaches in Marquette County. Until tonight, I'm Tanner Hoops for Jake Durant. Thanks for listening to ESPN-UP.